Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Joining me right now as we continue to do post-mortem on yesterday's election. And again, results are still being tabulated in many places. We have Frank Buckley. He's foundation professor at the Antonin Scalia Law School at George Mason University. The author of several books, including Progressive Conservatism, How Republicans Will Become America's Natural Governing Party. Uh, Frank also served uh, in 2016 as speechwriter for uh, President Trump. He also is senior editor at the American Spectator, a columnist for the New York Post, and has written for a wide variety of publications. And Frank, it's good to have you back with me. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Al. Let's, let me just ask, this looked to be a perfect environment for a red tidal wave. You had, uh, you know, Poor economy, uh, problems at the border, high gas prices, crime, inflation, uh, unpopular president, uh, people frustrated by, you know, uh, bad COVID policies and and, uh, wokeism. And yet it was a Republican splish splash rather than tidal wave. What do you make of it? If it was even that, it was <laughs> okay. somebody who was hoping for a tidal wave. This was a kind of a disappointing evening. But, you know, I'm an optimist, and I like to see some good coming out of things. Sure. And so, yeah, there is some good that can come out of it. If, if, if this results in the Republican Party finally saying adieu to Donald Trump, then I, I think it'll have served a useful purpose. I mean, we have to take the lessons from it. We had all the issues on our side. We have all the right policies, but we had this millstone around our neck called Donald Trump. And he continued to make it worse all the time. I mean, until, you know, days before the election, he was ridiculing some of the GOP candidates. And and even now, and he can't stop. I mean, the, the man is obviously an extreme narcissist. And and, you know, while the policies that he favored in 2016 made him a very popular person, uh, nevertheless, his time has passed. Yeah, yeah. And so it's important for the GOP at this point to say, well, thank you very much, but sayonara. Yeah. Well, his, his I mean, he, he uh, had endorsements on roughly 300 candidates last uh, last night, and that, that is uh, unusual to have the uh, former president weigh in on that many uh, many of those were easy calls. Uh, the candidates that uh, that were truly toss-ups, though, he didn't perform very well on, did he? No, he didn't. And, and you know, the extreme MAGA candidates uh, went down, for the most part, to inglorious defeat. And, and you know, that should be the message. You know, we, we, look, um, when you've got all the issues on your side, don't weigh yourself down with unpleasant personalities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, after the craziness of the last couple of years in our politics, after the riots, after the burnings, after all of that, I think most Americans just wanted a sense of normalcy. And, there, and then, you know, Donald Trump sticking his big nose into everything and and making us recall, you know, his level of craziness. So, you know, so, you know, the point is, look, you know, he's got to go. But he brought a lot of new Republicans to the polls in 2016. And so the way back is going to involve fidelity to those principles, the new principles he brought to the party, 
while saying goodbye to the man himself and, and to some of the extreme crazies who surround, he surrounded himself with. Well, the man, amongst other things, the man had a terrible choice of friends. Yeah. You know, this is, you've written on this uh, somewhere, I, I can remember you writing about that, uh, look, Republicans should not uh, be tolerant of the crazies to their right. Uh, Democrats have been tolerant of the crazies to the left. Uh, yeah, the crazies on the right include, you know, people who have an absurd and atrophied sense of duties to other people, which is quite un-Catholic. Um, you know, Trump remembered the forgotten Americans, you know, the middle-class yeah. people who had been abandoned by an elite Democratic Party. Right. He brought them to the polls yep. in 2016. That was great. We've got to keep those people, and many of them continue to be strongly loyal to Trump. So fine, you know, we're, we're not going to support Trump for any office, uh, and he's in the past, and we're not going to talk about the 2020 election, for heaven's sakes. Right. We'll talk about the future. And 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 but in doing so, we'll remember that Trump created a new Republican Party, a new GOP with which was a middle class party. Right. So the the Democrats became the party of the extremes at the top and the bottom of society. Mm -hmm. But the middle but ignored the middle class and how the middle class had had suffered. And Trump remembered them. And and and, uh, that's got to be the principal message behind that we should take from the last six years of American politics. Yeah. So in your in your read of the Republican situation, then, uh, are you confident that there is a center of gravity within the party apart from former President Trump? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, you know, the, 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 the people who have made a success uh you know across the country are are mostly your you know kind of average geopeers right um de blasio, de blasio has has some some spark behind him which is which is refreshing uh the governor of my state of virginia uh Youngkin, is 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 a, a very solid attractive guy um and most of the Republicans uh, in office, in the Senate, in governorship, are, are precisely like that. It's the mega extremists who didn't get into office. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, in a, in a Darwinian way, the, we're going to say goodbye to those people. Yeah. You, you said de Blasio. Did you mean DeSantis? DeSantis, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you threw bad. me off base. <laughs> I was a little yeah, surprised. No. So, let me, yeah, did no, I no. miss something here? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, DeSantis, DeSantis had a great night. And uh, one of the encouraging things is that uh, the GOP is picking up support amongst uh, Hispanic voters and, and black yeah. voters. So yeah. that's all to the good. Yeah, no, I agree, and and uh, it, certainly they've been trying to do that for decades now, and it looks like it's finally getting some traction. Um, yeah. DeSantis's performance last night was uh, strong. Uh, he did that in spite of the fact that he had been uh, that former President Trump had already slapped on him uh, uh, mm-hmm. an insulting name. Um, I mean, what, just that act alone, you have to ask yourself, what's he hoping to get out of that? 
here's DeSantis's, by most people's read, uh, one of the top up-and-coming Republicans for the possible presidency. Uh, So the only thing you can think of, he's afraid of them. Well, well, exactly, and he's an extreme narcissist, and he's only thinking about himself. And, uh, you know, we saw an example of that back in, in 2020 when we had a runoff election in Georgia that got Warnock elected, and, uh, and you know, and Trump got in there and did nothing to help uh, our candidate. And and, uh, and so if the, if the Senate tilted Democratic, Donald Trump was importantly to blame, even as he was importantly to blame for what happened uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so en- enough already. I mean, we have every good reason in the world to say goodbye to him. No reason why we should want to keep him. But the important thing is, is let's also keep those Trump voters. And, and you know, the, we're talking about ordinary, decent Americans who were strongly attracted to Trump's message. Um, and I guess when it came to, you know, all the negatives with respect to Trump, in some respects, they looked at that and they said, right, this is just a way of flipping the bird to the other guys because we know they don't like us at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's a different time now. And, and so we're over that and we're going to have to be going, be sticking behind candidates who project an, an aura of kind of normal GOP politics with the difference that we now have a special mission with respect to middle-class voters that we didn't care so much about. We, I mean, the, the GOP for a long time was simply an ideological right-wing party. Right. believed in principles but didn't care about people much. Right. Right. Okay, and Donald Trump conveyed that he cared about people. Yeah. That was really important. And, 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 and that's got to be the core of the GOP's message in the future. He brought in many alienated Americans, uh, and I think yeah. that, that is something that Republicans had wanted to do. They had always talked about, you know, we, we want to get the, the, the working class, white working class males, uh, we have to appeal to them. Uh, we've got to appeal to suburban women. Uh, we've got to appeal to uh, uh, Hispanic uh, and black. And, and Trump actually was surprising for all the abuse he took, being called racist and all that business, he actually had a fairly, relatively strong appeal among yeah, Hispanics and blacks. He won the median voter. You know, the the secret of American politics is the median voters are Catholic. Yeah, so, you're right. I mean, uh, right. So he won the Catholic vote in 2016, and, and I saw how that worked, and he lost it in 2020. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he, his his... Outreach to the middle class very much resonated with theories of Catholic social justice, um, and you know. But nevertheless, Catholics figured out in 2020 that there's something wrong here. Yeah, yeah. And 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 they have, you know, uh, we have an incredible nose for for virtue in politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we saw it in 2016, and so you know, sadly, we saw the absence of it in 2020 with respect to Trump. Did you anticipate this problem when you were writing speeches for him? Uh, I didn't anticipate the problem when I was writing speeches, but I'll tell you one thing: I was asked to write the inauguration speech, and I did. Uh, I produced one, and when I did so, I took a look. There was a book. There's a book of all the presidential speeches, and it's really, you know. You you can't read it without emotion, okay? Right, I bet. And so I I wrote this Kennedy-esque type of speech, a kind of bring-us-together type of speech, and I was completely junked. 
for a horrible speech, an embarrassing inauguration speech in January 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, you know, that that was the last speech I wrote. I, I, I kind of said goodbye at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Well, that you you guys were not on the same wavelength at that point. So, um, so you you are hopeful though about uh, Republican and conservative futures here. I am, you know, which um, sadly, in part, that's because I'm pessimistic about the Dems' ability to pick themselves up and, and realize they've got to reinvent themselves. Yeah, it's clear we have to, but. They combine a smugness and moral arrogance that makes it very difficult for them to think that uh, anything needs to be changed, right? Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing which really offends people. It's, it's all the, you know, all those people with the some virtue signaling signs in their yard. Well, those signs will stay up, and they'll continue to think themselves, to, you know, moral superior. Moral, morally else. superior, yeah. Right, you know, and, and you know, and of course, the great thing about Catholics, you know, all about personal sin. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> so we don't do that. It's hard to feel morally superior when you're going to confession regularly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, we've got that going for us. So, I, I think Republicans will be a little better at self-reflection and correction and confession and all that. Um, All right. Frank, thanks so much. Uh, Good talking with you, and hope we can talk again soon. Hey, Al. Thanks very much. Frank Buckley is foundation professor of the Antonin Scalia Law School at George Mason University. Uh, Frank's been with us before, but it's been a while. We'll have to have him back soon. I'm Al Creston.